Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. And again, so thankful that you have joined us today as we are looking at the book of Matthew. And today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13. We are going to be looking at this uh, chapter here today. And uh, again, with like as chapter 12, there's a lot of information, a lot of things uh, going on within this chapter. And the majority of this chapter is actually parables. They are in verses 1 through 9. We have Christ giving us the parable of the sower, but also in verses 18 through 23, we see Jesus explaining it. Now within this parable, he's saying that this man, he went out to sow seed and he, he threw uh, some seed among the what we would call the, the wayside soil, the, the, uh, the path there, as he says in verse 4. Other seed, as he says in verse 5, fell on the rocky soil. Others fell among the thorny soil, and others fell on good soil. So that's what he's talking about in verses 1 through 9. And then as I mentioned in verses 18 through 23, he explains to us what he's talking about. And basically what he is meaning by this particular parable is that there are are four different types of people or four different types of hearts. There are those that hear the gospel like that wayside soil. They hear it, but because of, of the devil, he comes and he snatches it away, as it says in verse 19, and so they never obey it. But then there are those like the rocky ground in verse 20. They hear it, they immediately receive it with joy, but because they don't have a foundation, because they don't have a root in themselves, when persecutions come, they fall away. There are people who are like the thorny soil, who again, they hear it, they receive it, they become obedient to it, but because of his, what Jesus says, the riches of this world, the deceitfulness of it, they fall away. And then there are those that are that good soil, that hear it, they receive it, and they begin producing fruit. Some, as he says, some uh, 30, some 60, and some 100. We are to, to look at ourselves, examine ourselves, to see what kind of soil we are, and also remember in our evangelistic efforts that there are these different types of people that not necessarily everyone is going to be receptive to it because not everyone has the same heart. There are these different kinds of people as Christ lays out for us that we are going to encounter, that we are going to teach. So that's the parable of the sower. But then in verses 10 through 17, and in this chapter we're going to be kind of jumping around a little bit uh, as, as we are. But in verses 10 through 17, Jesus explains to them the purpose of the parables. Now, whenever we ask uh, in Bible classes, especially with children, what is, a, what is a parable? Typically, the definition that we teach them and the definition probably that we will receive is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And that's true. It is some type of physical illustration to make a spiritual point. And as Jesus is explaining the purpose of these parables, he says in verse 13, This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Now what Jesus is saying in this passage is not that he's trying to conceal the truth from these people. 
But he, of course, is presenting the truth in these parables, and those that truly want to hear, those that truly want to know, will take the time to study, will take the time to listen, to figure out what the truth actually is. But those who don't care, those who don't want to be receptive to what Christ is teaching, they'll never know because they won't take the time to study. Again, kind of that idea of the parable of the sowers, these heart, the types of hearts that these people may have. So the purpose of the parables, and then if you look at verses 34 and 35 along with this, Jesus, of course, it says that he said nothing to them without a parable. He always taught in parables. He always used these illustrations, and it wasn't just superfluous. He wasn't just a good speaker. It was to fulfill a prophecy, as we see, I believe it's in Psalm 78 and verse 2, that he was going to speak to them in parables. So we have the parable of the sower, we have the purpose of parables, and then the next thing that we see is in verses 24 through 30, which is the parable of the weeds. And in this parable, this man, he goes and he plants uh, his field, but then his enemy comes and he sows weeds, or I know some translations there say tares. And the tares and the wheat begin to grow together, and his, his servants come and they say, do you want us to go ahead and cut down all of the tares. And the master says, no, don't do that. We'll wait until harvest. And we'll collect all of them together, and and after harvest, we'll separate them then. Well, in verses 36 through 43, Jesus explains what he means by that. That the harvest, so to speak, is the end of the world and the day of judgment. And on the day of judgment, there's going to be a great separation between those who are faithful to God and those that are not faithful. Those that were his children and those that, were, that are the children of the devil. On the day of judgment, they are going to be separated, like he talks about in Matthew chapter 25, the, the goats from the sheep, one on the left hand, one on the right hand. We're going to be separated on the day of judgment depending upon what we have done and how we have lived our lives. Then we see in verses 31 through 33, the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven. And again, these things oftentimes he, he opens them as it, as it says in verse 31, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard uh, seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree. And so that birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Now with this particular parable, Christ is depicting the growth of the kingdom. If you think about Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44 when Daniel prophesied that God was going to establish a kingdom and it was going to be unlike anything that the world has ever seen and it was never going to be destroyed. It was going to to grow and become something that was greater than anything else that there has ever been. And that's the point Jesus is making with this parable. Then we have in verse 44 the parable of the hidden treasure as well as in verses 45 and 46. These two parables are very similar in their meaning. Both of them are very similar even in the way that Christ tells them. There was a man who who went out to this field. He found a, a very priceless treasure. And he goes, he sells everything that he has so that he can buy the field and possess the treasure. Again, the pearl, very similar idea. He uh, is like this merchant going through the marketplace and he sees these fine pearls. And so he sells everything that he has so that he can buy them. I think Jesus is illustrating here in these parables just how valuable the kingdom of heaven is. Because without being a part of the kingdom of heaven, you and I 
could not enter heaven. We could not be with God for all eternity. The kingdom of heaven, the church, the body of Christ is something that is absolutely priceless and we should be willing to give up anything that we have to give up so that we might be a part of it. So that's the parable of the hidden treasure and the, and the pearl of great price. Then in the next section, in verses 47 through 50, we have a similar parable to the parable of the weeds, but it's using a, an example and an illustration of fishing. These people, they cast out their nets, they pull in, and they have all sorts of different kinds of fish. Some were clean, some were unclean, some were, of course, just not good fish, and so they go through and they separate the good from the bad. And again, Jesus is using this to illustrate that that's how it's going to be on the Day of Judgment, separating the good from the bad. And then in verses 51 and 52, <clears throat> he says, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And he's talking about uh, the declaration of the gospel and the proclamation of it. Them using these things that they already knew, also using the things that Christ was teaching them that the Holy Spirit was going to reveal to them to declare the whole counsel of God. And then the last part of this chapter kind of switches gears just a little bit, where instead of Jesus' instruction, it records something, an event within the life of Jesus. And that is whenever he goes back to his hometown, as it says in verse 44, which is the town of Nazareth, and he is there, and, and these people ask in verse 54, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers named James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all of these things? And they took offense at him. Here Jesus has returned to his home, but these people of his hometown are rejecting him. And they're saying, look, we know who his family is. I mean, his, his mother and his father uh, are right over there. We know all of his brothers. Who is he? He's not anything special. Where did he get all of this wisdom and all of these things? All of these things. And they, of course, rejected him. They despised him. And, and Jesus says there, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. So that's Matthew chapter 13. All of these different parables that Christ lays out for us, so many things that we can learn, so many things that we can take away from these parables. I thank you so much for your time and for your attention today. And please, again, come back tomorrow as we will be looking at Matthew chapter 14.